As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome back to another combo edition Warriors All 82 podcast forum club. Yovan Buha was making the point before the podcast that uh, we could just run it back from what was it like two weeks ago? I mean, it was pre All Star break, but it was a Laker blowout down in Staples, and this was a Laker blowout in Chase. That you know, I guess the details are different, but kind of the same. Lakers just outclassed the Warriors again. Even and you know they were even more shorthanded last time. Like Marcus Sol had a pretty good game against the Warriors. You take Marcus Sol off the floor, Anthony Davis is already off the floor. No Alex Caruso. Lakers just killed the Warriors, anyways. There's something about the Warriors' defense that brings out the best in the Lakers' offense because the Lakers' offense has been just awful for the past month plus, including when Anthony Davis was playing. And it's just these these two Warriors games the past couple of weeks that they've just made them look like. You know the old warriors, like they're out here hitting threes that they're normally not hitting. Uh, they, they just shot sixty-two point eight percent, which per the team was their best field goal percentage in a game uh, since January twenty ten. So going on over a, a decade, a season high thirty-six assists. Like it was just, uh, especially in the second half. I, I thought you know th- there was a couple moments where the, the Warriors would maybe make a run, and, and then the Lakers just poured it on them and it got worse in the fourth quarter. Like, you know, it became a, a dunk fest and, you know, LeBron's hitting 30 footers and it was just, it was bad. Yeah. Uh, the, from the Warriors perspective, they just didn't try that hard defensively, uh, which, you know, they, they beat the jazz yesterday and, and were good defensively and generally have been a good defensive team this season. That was with a more veteran lineup. I think they're young, second unit that they're testing out and they're going to keep testing out probably for the rest of the season really they, they, they sound very committed to it they probably kind of got them rolling down a bad defensively in that second quarter because that's where things really got I think they were only down three at the end of the first although it's not good for Steph Curry to score 15 and you're down three after a quarter that's Wiseman you know he was picked on by Harrell tonight Nico Mannion and Jordan Poole aren't good defenders at the guard position and then I just think in general, it was just, it was a lazy defensive night for the Warriors, which happens over the, the course. I actually 
wrote kind of about their offense too. They only scored 98 points, um, which we can get to. Some of that's because the Lakers are the best defensive team in basketball. But where did you see the Lakers take advantage of the Warriors most? I think it was it was on the interior. You know, they, they were just living in the paint. They had 68 points in the paint. Their second most points in the paint the, the season. Again, like I said, 36 assists on 49 field goals. And this is not a team that, you know, is they're not a great ball movement team. I mean, I think that's one of their weaknesses, frankly. And really during this rut that they've been on for, you know, four or five weeks, ball movement has been an issue and it, it, it can devolve into a lot of ISO. And they do have really good ISO players, of course, LeBron and AD, but Kuz can ISO a bit, Dennis, uh, you know, can, can ISO a bit, Trez can ISO. Um, so, so they have guys who can get you buckets, but uh, t- tonight, I just felt like they got downhill at will, you know, just got into the teeth of the defense. And then it was guys either, you know, drawing fouls that they had 25 free throw attempts. Um, and, and, and then a lot of just dump off passes. You know, I asked Frank Vogel about that after the game. And he said, you know, for, for them, the, the focus is always on getting to the rim, getting into the paint. And it just so happened that when they got to the paint, uh, no one was, was defending Trez or no one was, was defending, you know, Kuz or, or Talon or whoever was cutting. And it was just a, a lot of movement that, you know, to your point, I, I think the Warriors just didn't really care to defend because it, it was a lot of effort stuff. It was a lot of like, you know, the, the, no helping the helper and, you know, just, just some of that basic stuff defensively that, you know, they, they were the number seven defense heading into tonight, they being the Warriors. And for, for them to put up a performance like this, it clearly was largely effort-based, and I'm sure some some leg um, just with it being a second night of a back-to-back. Well, it's also an issue they have right now at the center spot, which is like James Wiseman against a Warrior or against the Lakers team is exploitable, particularly against Harold. Though you know you mentioned it was it was energy effort, smart rebounds, where he's timing angles that Wiseman doesn't get at this point. It's quick twitch stuff, which you know Wiseman's long and mobile. But he's like quick twitch stuff gets to him because his brain's just not processing NBA basketball that quick right now. And the issue they have is he needs to be on the floor for offense because I mean I some of the clips I put in my post game thing, but it's like Kavon Looney, like first second possession of the game, he's getting a, a pick and roll dive and he's just starting center and Dennis Schrute, you know, they double Curry, Damian Jones out there doubling, so it's Looney's wide open. The only guy in front of him is Dennis Schroeder. And he gets it, gets to the rim, double pump fake, double pump fake, shoots it over the rim with a point guard on him. And we're talking about the starting center. And it's like, Kavon Looney has not made a shot since the, the end of the All-Star break. He's the starting center. He averages 3.8 points a game. The power forward, Draymond Green, it scored two points tonight, didn't make a shot. So their, their starting power forward and center didn't make any shots tonight. And then you, I mean, you saw it, right? Wiseman comes in and then suddenly it's like this gliding layup at the rim. And it's like this long rebound put back. And it's like, wow, like there's offensive skill that they need to cultivate and use. And like, you know, in some ways if used correctly, if, if, if they stop trying to post him up, cause he's not efficient posting up. And, and again, I blame him a lot of that for that reason too. Cause I think he likes to post up and he's starting to learn that it's not going to work like it did at Memphis East high school. But they have trouble playing him a lot, particularly against teams like the Lakers, because on the other end, they need Looney defensively. And for the Warriors to get better, like Wiseman's just got to make some kind of mini leap defensively. Because really, I mean, I, sometimes you know, we're skirting around the issue, I think, defensively. And I think it was mostly him. 
you know, Harold just exploited him. The Lakers exploited him. Now, he didn't have help in that young second unit with him, but he was a problem. To your point, he, he was a minus 25, which was the second worst on the team behind Kelly Oubre at minus 28. But, I mean, and you don't always read too much into the plus minus stuff, but I, I think there's something there. I mean, he, he did have five offensive rebounds, so I think that only confirms your, your point that he helps primarily on the offensive end. Um, and that's what I, I, I thought. Like, you know, he, he had those first couple uh, possessions against, I think he had he had two putbacks, right? Like he, he had an offensive rebound putback and then he had a tip dunk. And it was kind of like, uh-oh, like Trez is going to be in for a long night where this guy's just so much bigger and, and stronger and more athletic. Than, maybe not stronger, but more athletic than him and, and bigger and longer. And it was just that, that like that was kind of it. He, he just had those couple uh, putbacks and then I, I think went, what, one for five the, the rest of the night. I'm curious for somebody outside looking in, you know, you've watched a few Wiseman games now. I'm sure you know, so, you somewhat monitor from afar. But I noticed that again tonight he gets two fouls early, you know, maybe a touch foul here or, or Harold pump fakes and he leans into him. And, you know, they're, they're legitimate fouls, but he gets in that early foul trouble. He really gets in his head. You see him just like kind of like slump his shoulders, drags. And then suddenly the rest of the night he plays such soft defense when he's in foul trouble. He's so afraid to touch guys the rest of the night. And then he's so disappointed when they either slip a layup by him or, you know, maybe he gets another touch foul here because he's like, oh, I didn't, you know, I was so terrible coming over the last two times because I didn't want to touch anyone. And then he's over aggressive and he fouls. And look, this is trials and tribulations of a teenage center, right, in the NBA, particularly against veteran teams. But it's just like he was aggressive early and then suddenly to me like that it turned when he got his second foul. He just turned into a hesitant player and that's on both sides because he can get he did get an offensive foul at one point too and he's just gonna have to go through it the Warriors are living with it but that's just I, I thought that's where it changed he seems to me like a guy who he wears his expression on his face and his body language right like he, he did as you said kind of slump his shoulders and and just I think after that second foul kind of made a face and and it just it did seem like he, he started to get into his head and um, second guess things, but as you said, I mean that that's just kind of part of being a, a teenage center in the NBA. And, and Trez is that relentless guy who is going to continue to attack you in the exact same way and, and exploit you in the exact same way every single time down. And you know he, he's just you know ruthless with that. So um, I think that that's just not a good combination for a, a guy who's Trez has his flaws, and, and we've talked about them before on, on the Forum Club, but one of his strengths is his physicality and his ability to just bulldoze you and hit you in the chest and play physical basketball offensively. And when you're in foul trouble, you know, especially as someone who's trying to avoid foul trouble, that could be an issue. I will say, talking about Warriors rookies, Nico Mannion taking the LeBron assignment for a few possessions. And, you know, like... He's kind of a pest. Yeah. He's not a very good defender, but he's a pest. And one of them, LeBron, drew a foul. Another one, he he drove by, like, drove by him, drew a switch, and then hit a jumper. But he took it, like, for, for someone that small, you know, relatively in comparison with LeBron... I thought that took guts, and I, you know, that that won me over with, with him because I wasn't really sure. I'd seen some stuff, but to me, he looks like a he has the future of like a, a high level backup. Like I think he has that type of potential. Yeah, I mean, if if he can be a high level backup, and they got him at the forty eighth pick, you know, he was like a projected lottery pick going to Arizona, and then didn't have a good freshman season. Came out anyways, falls to the forty eight, and clearly, like that's a good choice by them there. I don't know where this is going for him. But 
it's been, you know, he's he's limited, but it's been encouraging, I'd say, early on. He hit two threes tonight. His shot is going to be very important, as we all know, with, like, these, you know, fringe rotation guys. Their three-point shot is just so vital. He competes defensively, and that, in many ways, that was one of their biggest issues tonight. He was the one guy, at least on the floor, that was trying. That second unit, which they've completely revamped, you know, Nico Mannion and Jordan Poole were in the G League bubble the last time that the Warriors and Lakers played, which wasn't that long ago. Now they're playing key minutes to start the second and fourth quarters, along with Wiseman. They've completely handed it over to youth. They haven't been good together. They survived pretty well against Utah, and that's a Utah unit that included Gobert, Mike Conley, and Jordan Clarkson to start those quarters. Tonight you get the Lakers who start the second quarters with LeBron, Harold Kuzma, and it's like, I'm not sure you're going to get – and this is basically their first two games together – that 19, 20, and 21-year-olds leading that second unit are going against probably the two best lineups in the league that open second quarters, or, you know, among them at least. And they tonight were really bad. The other game, they, they weren't great. But regardless, I've kind of called for the Warriors to make this decision, and they're 20 and 20. They're not, they just want one and five in a six-game stretch against – you know, West contenders, including four blowout losses out of the five. They're not really going anywhere this season. And I think they just need to see what they have with these three. And and they're going to have to live with nights like this. And I, it, you assume and you presume they're going to be better nights moving forward and they play like the Rockets coming up, the Grizzlies a couple games. Because they'll just play worse. They'll be going against worse units and you assume you'll see some growth. But you just saw it tonight. I mean, even though Mannion, you're right. Like, you know, he did some, he did some frisky stuff, but – if they're on the floor with Montrez Harrell and it's three guy three NBA babies out there, like they're just they're gonna get beat in that chunk of the game. I thought uh, on the Lakers side of things, Taylor Horton Tucker might have had his best game of the season with, with eighteen and ten. And again, like seeing the Warriors defense, it, 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 you know, or the, this version of the Warriors defense rather, like I, I don't know how much we can actually take from this from the Lakers side uh, of just like, you know, I didn't feel like the Warriors were trying that much. Um, so, you know, T- Talon is a guy who can get downhill and, and, but I, I thought the passing though for, from him was, you know, he, he's someone who has struggled a little bit adjusting to the playmaking. He has been more of a scorer and for him to have 10 assists and only two turnovers. Uh, I thought that was a, a nice performance from him, you know, got five free throw attempts, which, you know, sometimes, He's kind of almost too crafty for his own good going downhill and uh, is kind of avoiding guys and, and doing these quirky floaters or like, you know, backhanded uh, reverse layups. And I, I thought just overall, though, this might have been his, his best game. And, and afterward, he, he got cosigns from LeBron. Frank, like Frank Vogel was talking about he's earned himself a spot in, in the playoff rotation. And, and then LeBron was saying that among the new guys, like he's Vogel they, talking playoff rotation already. Huh? Yeah, like it, it was. And then LeBron said he's like the new guy he trusts the most. Although he, he kind of couched it with like, well, all the other guys are veterans. Like I know what to expect from them. But Talon, uh, among the newer guys, is like someone who's really impressed me. So I think he, he's someone who you know has been up and down, and and actually probably been more down recently with some of his performances. But uh, I thought tonight was a nice. Uh, kind of breakout for him uh, for, from some of the kind of rut he, he's been in at times. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I thought the Lakers passed well as a team tonight. Tight window passes. Kuzma had a really nice pass. Also had an airballed free throw, which was... Did you see my tweet on on his excuse? He like blamed it on the on an earthquake. Was there actually an earthquake tonight? Uh, I, I I I don't know. I think he was. just... Did he like go on Google to find out? Because uh, yeah, no, that was wild. On a technical free throw without anybody around, way left too. Usually when you see the airball right short, if it's an airball free throw, it's just like you know maybe tired legs. Somebody airballs it short. You rarely see left or right. I'm not sure if I have seen left or right. That was the worst free throw I've ever seen, I think, <laughs> in the NBA. I mean, I'm trying to think. There's got to be other ones, but I just – nothing's popping up. What else from this game um, from a Laker perspective? I mean, you mentioned Kuz. I, I thought he had a, I thought he had a really good game defensively uh, in some of his – I went back and watched all of Steph's offensive possessions, and if you look at his misses, uh, you know, a few of those are Kuzma switched on to him. And that's really all you can ask for from Kuzma is just be, you know, 6'9", 6'10", use your length and, you know, just just bother these guys who can shoot off the dribble when you switch onto them. I didn't think their defense was that good against Steph overall. Um, he, he was still 9 for 17 and I thought they lost track of him too many times in, in transition and, you know, he, he finished well against their bigs. But you've convinced me of uh, Damian Jones just being pretty meh. I don't he see him sticking with the you team. Himself. <laughs> he hasn't well, your, your initial assessment, I mean, yeah, he's just, there's something weird with him where it's like he's athletic, but he's also stiff at the same time. Like, it, it I don't know how to, like, he's not like fluid. I, I don't know. Like, he can jump high, he's long, but in terms of like, like th- there was a play against the Pacers last game where LeBron throws him this like perfect lob and he has to come down with it for some reason and then go back up and, instead of like. Like he could have dunked it if he had that like coordination, but he he didn't. There's not that basketball fluidity to him. It's like station to station type stuff, and it's processing out there too. I think, but I agree with you. This is Steph Curry post game. We got to get sick of getting blown out. That's embarrassing. We have to have some pride with how we're playing. You can lose games. That's gonna happen, but not like that. Um, they're twenty and twenty. They're just the absolute poster of, of mediocrity at this point but they do have they just lay down a lot of games and you know some of that might be their youth but I mean it's not like they've been playing youth all season and getting blown out um, so I don't know to, to me the cent- what's going on at the center spot is going to take precedence in the next uh, couple months really I mean this team you know Steph Curry and Draymond Green want to sneak into the playoffs and, and get a crack at one of these teams up top and and give them a fight in the first round but in general Kevon Looney has proven to be very limited at best a backup center for the Warriors moving forward and they need their number two overall pick to emerge into a starting center as soon as possible I think offensively particularly if they optimize what he does as I was talking about earlier he can be a big time plus especially compared to Looney, and they need a plus because Draymond Green will be in the lineup, and he's not a plus right now offensively. as a, He's a non-threat uh, as a scorer. And for Wiseman to survive, though, he just needs to get better defensively. And 
they need to try to fast forward that progress as much as possible. I don't expect him to be a plus NBA defender at age 20 next season in year two, but he's long and he's pretty mobile. He's very mobile. There is some lag time at times with him and some Damian Jonesy like movements at times, although he's just he's much more fluid, particularly when he gets the ball. Um, and they need to try to crack that out of him. They've hammered verticality in his head almost too much where he's not blocking shots at the rim as much as he's just like trying to plank at the rim sometimes. And then other you know, he's goaltended twice tonight. You know, he's doing rookie stuff, but that's the next two months. Get him as much up to speed as possible defensively because this lineup will not make offensive sense if Kevon Looney is starting. And he, I think at some point soon, he's just going to have to start too. That's the other thing. But that's where I'm at on the Warriors tonight. I really don't have much else. Just to, to hammer home your point, uh, talking about him kind of, you know, playing timid with, with foul trouble, he still fouled out. <laughs> you know, he still fouled, fouled out like three times minutes, in the last so. like seven games. <laughs> and, and the other one was, it was against the Lakers as well. So, I mean, it kind of shows that sometimes like playing playing scared is is counterproductive, right? Where you're still going to get those fouls anyway uh, because you're re- retreating and, and Trez is just, you know, hitting you in the chest and, and, and drawing the, those free throws. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's a work in progress, but you definitely see the, the skill, the potential, the, the talent that, you know, the, the size you can't teach. And as you said, that, that fluidity that – um, you know, that is a big difference between him and, and, and say, Damian Jones is, you know, he, he can catch those lobs. He, he can go back up with it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's his rookie season. Like, I, I think people need to, to temper expectations. And I think, I think it's probably made worse by LaMelo's performance. But, you know, I think Wiseman's on his own track. And uh, we, we've seen big sometimes take a little bit longer to develop. So I think he definitely needs a couple seasons before we start to, to overanalyze him. Schedule lightens for the Warriors. They got the, like I said, Houston coming up Wednesday at Houston. I think the Rockets have lost either 15 or 16 in a row, which is crazy. I mean, talk about a quick fall off for a franchise. And then a somewhat important back-to-back at Memphis Friday, Saturday, because Memphis, they were tied in the standings with Memphis. I think Memphis has lost two in a row, so they're two games under 500. But that's a team they're battling with down in like the play-in seating range. So two straight at Memphis will be potentially important if people actually care about you know seeds seven through ten in the West, essentially. Which you know I guess you know Lakers do right. You know teams up top want to know who they're playing. So where are the Lakers? What do they got coming up? Versus Minnesota tomorrow, so back to back. But well, that, Warriors will be rooting for them there. You know they got the <laughs> top three protected pick. They have a really nice stretch here without AD, and you know looks like AD is probably going to be out longer than uh, we had initially expected. But home against Minnesota, home against Charlotte, home against Atlanta, at Phoenix, then at New Orleans. So four of those five are you know lottery teams that they they should be beating. Uh, you know, relatively easily. So I, I think the Lakers, after a pretty rough stretch without AD, losing three of uh, three, or sorry, uh, seven of ten, uh, I think they they now have a chance to build some momentum and potentially win, you know, five of six, six of seven, and and kind of go into um, you know March or the end of March with a pretty good record and maybe back in that you know top two. So um, I think the, the, they're trending in the right direction after a bit of a hiccup. All right, Jovan, this will be the last crossover edition until game one of the first round between Lakers, Warriors. It's probably going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's fine with me. It could. 
What one eight two seven? It's at least would be good for ratings um, for the league. I don't think it'd be good for the Warriors. <laughs> I think if if you told them they are getting in and they had to pick one of the top teams, I say they would. I mean, they beat Utah yesterday. I, they wouldn't beat them in a series, I don't think. But I think they'd rather Utah or Phoenix, obviously. Then and then the Clippers are like. Just because of like this implosion possibility with the Clippers, I'd say Lakers are last on their list. All right, Yovan, appreciate uh, you coming on for the crossover, and I will talk to you on a Warriors plus minus episode before the next game.